Well, you sang those songs like you meant them this morning, and uh, praise the Lord. You know, I always miss when we can't have the 9 o'clock praise time where we get to share blessings and praises, but you all did my heart good just listening to you sing this morning. Some of you that sit in the back, you miss that. Sitting on the front row, you get to hear, and Ransom can testify what it sounds like when you sing out, and praise the Lord for that. It's a special Harvest Sunday because we have a special guest, a friend with us, a friend to a number of us. Esteban Mora is a missionary to his homeland of Costa Rica. And I first met Esteban when John took me to his site in, uh, and to do a module of teaching. And Esteban was the host pastor and one of the students in that module. He and his wife and family have been here to worship with us on occasion. He accompanied us to, together for the gospel a couple years ago. And so just a delight to have him come and share his ministry and share his uh, passion for the Lord and share from the Word of God this morning as well. Now, we brought him up, but we couldn't bring the whole family, and I'm not sure they would have wanted to come to this wonderful West Michigan welcome, although his wife is from Indiana, so she's not a stranger to it. But we welcomed Esteban with all of this nice snow. Wasn't that good of us? But let's welcome him as well with a greeting this morning, shall we? Esteban, come. Thanks, Pastor Bill. Thank you very much. Well, good morning, Miriam. It is, it is an honor to be here with you. And to answer the question... I believe my family will be very happy to be here right now, even with this weather. You know, we live in, uh, in Costa Rica where it's very warm, so when we get to see these things, we're just, we just enjoy it so much. It's very, very uh, beautiful for us. So uh, as Pastor Bill says, my name is Esteban Mora, and I am from the north region in, in Costa Rica, close to the border uh, with Nicaragua, in a small community named Santa Rosa. And I am very honored to be with you all here today. It is a real pleasure for me. Thanks for the invitation. And I want to uh, thank God for this opportunity. First of all, thank him for this opportunity for me to be here. But I also want to thank Pastor Bill and, and the other pastors for um, just allowing me this space to share uh, what we are doing back in Santa Rosa in Costa Rica. I also want to thank um, the mission committee for extending me the invitation to share our ministry, to share what we are doing and our passion, as, as Pastor Bill says. It is, it is a real honor for us to be here. Uh, and I also want to thank especially John McGuinness's family for their amazing hospitality, for opening their doors and allowing me to stay in their house and making really good food and taking me out at 6 in the morning in this weather and just... <laughs> Try to see if I can, if I'll freeze or something. I am, <laughs> I am really enjoying, by the way. Like, I know this is, John told me this is a storm. I have seen very little snow before. I have never seen this. I, I drive with John, and I'm taking videos of the road that is not there. <laughs> and so that is, that, is, uh, that is amazing. I'm sending those videos and these pictures to people in Costa Rica, and they're like, they, they don't understand what's going on. I, I have a guy that works with us that told me, how do you drive there? There's no road. <laughs> and I say, yeah, I don't understand either. 
But yeah, thank you very much for, um, for letting me be here. It is a real honor. And I would like to take a couple minutes to uh, introduce you to my family. And uh, as Pastor Bill mentioned, we have five kids. And because of that, it's, it's very hard, and because of the weather also, it's very hard to be here uh, today for all of them. But um, we were here only this past July. Maybe some of you will remember uh, my family who remember the kids, and uh, they were very happy. They, they love here, and I am sure that they would have enjoyed being here, even with this, with this call. It's, it's very warm here. I, I'm worrying like if I'm in Costa Rica right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let me talk a little bit about my family, and um, I will I click any direction. Um, I have been married for almost 11 years now to my beloved wife, Hannah, and um, Hannah is from Indiana, as Pastor Bill said, and she came to Costa Rica in 2010, 2011 to do a gap year program, and actually John and, and Johnny are very familiar to that. They work in that ministry there, and, and so she, that's how we got to meet, and uh, it was, um, God has blessed our marriage with five beautiful children, and it's been just a big blessing. And I would like to show you my kids, if you did not remember them when they were here. This is Samuel, Sammy. He is actually going to be seven years old on Saturday, this next Saturday. And he's the oldest of all. And as you can see, he's, it, him in his uniform right there, he loves soccer. He is actually, for some of you that know, he is actually following very close the World Cup that is starting today. So he's all excited about that, and, and he's actually sad that I was going to miss to watch the first game with him today, because for some reason, he decided that he would cheer for Qatar as the first team, second, Costa Rica, and third, the U.S., so he, is, uh, he loves soccer. But he also loves, loves uh, working, as you can see right there. We have, we have construction always going on. And he likes to get his boots on and go and get dirty and get all cement up. And he just loves to be out there working. That is my, my oldest. Um, then we have Kaylee. She's five years old. She's in kindergarten. And she is the oldest of my three princesses. She loves helping. And I would say she, she pretends to be a little mom to the twins. She loves helping, taking care of Julie, the the girl, the, the, the youngest of all. But yeah, that's my, my Kaylee right there. And then we have uh, Sophie. She's two and a half, and she's our middle baby girl. She is just cute, as you can see right there. She loves being Queen Elsa. She absolutely loves that. She loves anything, all, all kinds of things, uh, princesses. And then we have um, our twins, Matthew and Julie, they are only 15 months old. And Matthew is already walking a little bit. Julie is a little bit behind, but she wants to try to do it. But I'll tell you something. They are keeping my wife very, very busy right, right this minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they are a huge, huge blessing to us. So that is, that is my family right there. Some of you may remember. And for those that don't, there you go. 
Uh, now I'd like to introduce you to our ministry, the calling that God has placed on my heart and the reason I'm standing in front of you today. Um, let me pass that. Semillas de Vida started it nine years ago as a house Bible study. Semillas de Vida, by the way, for those that don't speak Spanish, translate seeds of life, as you can see right there. And we strongly believe that in the field we serve, our job is to plant seeds that God will use to bring eternal life, to produce eternal, eternal life in, in, the, in the life of people. Um, we do this by committingly preach the gospel and committingly preach the unadulterated word of God. And all of these in a field that is completely, a field that is completely full with weeds that has almost drowned completely, almost drowned the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Costa Rica is not an unrich mission field. Everyone says they believe in God, but they are lost when it comes to the true understanding of the gospel. They just don't understand the gospel. They, they will think of ways that they can actually gain their way to heaven because they know there is a God, but they don't understand what the gospel is. What is that message that is the way that we actually have and we can have a relationship with God? I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Um, but first, I want to take you on a little tour of our church plant, and I want to do that with a video. Um, in this video, you will see pictures from the very beginning Bible study in 2013 when we were meeting together in a garage and all the way to the present day. There will be pictures of our church activities, but this video will also highlight the growth of our physical building as well. Above all, it will highlight the blessing and faithfulness of our great God. So let's watch that video. One more. Oh.
As you can see, our facility have transformed over the years, have been transforming. It's always changing. Currently, we are building a multi-purpose gymnasium that will open many doors for ministry um, in the future. Each step of the way, we have been rejoicing in seeing the goodness of God in fulfilling his will for our community. We would love to talk more about our vision and the plans that we have for the future, but I'm afraid that this morning I just don't have the time to do that. So I, if you want to hear more about us, I will ask you to um, help me get your email so that we can put you on our email list, and that way uh, you will get to hear more of our vision and our, um, our ministry. We'll share it more with you. But right now, I just want to focus on a couple of our core values as, as, a, as a church, the mission that uh, God has for our community and what we are doing over there. So we live in a town of about 31,000 people with more than 30 churches to claim to be evangelical churches. But it is nearly impossible to find a church that is committing to actually preach the gospel. They claim to have the Bible as the word of God, but um, they are not committed to preaching it faithfully. They're just, you know, even though they say that the word of God is it's, it's, it's what they live for, they're just not committed to preach it faithfully. They will allow all kinds of new revelations. They will say, uh, uh, they will highly pursue emotional things, and that's the kind of context that we are on. And, but in the midst of all of this, uh, Semillas de Vida stands in obedience to the Great Commission. And Matthew 28, 18, 20, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We fulfill the calling of making disciples by faithfully preaching the word of God. Jesus calls his followers to make disciples of all nations, as you could see. But all nations starts with our immediate context. Starts right where we live, right around us. And nine years ago, uh, three men came to me and they, they, they knew that I was studying and, you know, learning from the Bible. And they, they're like, can you help us study the Bible together? So by opening the word of God with them and teaching them from the very words of, of Jesus, a church was planted uh, nine years ago. And this is where we are serving today. We are making disciples of, na- of the nations, starting with those around that. And we do it by consistently announcing the gospel message through expositional preaching. One of our, our main ways to do it is, and for, for many people in Costa Rica, expositional preaching is something that they just don't know. Their way to do it is the pastor will, will come and, and just preach what's in his heart, from whatever passage and, and try to draw people for, for emotional things. But we are trying to be faithful, to make disciples 
by announcing the gospel through expositional preaching every Sunday. We also do it through Christ-centered worship, just like you guys were doing it today. And it is amazing to me to think that when we sing, when we do it all together, we do it because God is worthy of our praise. That is one that is one of the main reasons why we do it. We sing because God is worthy of our praise. But we also do it because we do it to edify one another. The, the, the words that we sing are coming from the word of God, are words that are truth because they come from God's word, and they would edify one another. So we sing, we open our mouth, and we praise him because he's worthy of our prayers. But also because we are edifying one another. But not just because of that. We do it to proclaim the glorious gospel. And that is just beautiful. That through our singing, through our singing, we are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that are there maybe visiting, that maybe have never heard the gospel. And that is just a way to bring the gospel to the nations. Bring the gospel so that people can actually hear this gospel and be safe. We regularly observe these words, hard for me to pronounce, the ordinances, ordinance, proclaiming the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ until he comes again. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And both baptism and the Lord's Supper are beautiful pictures of the gospel. Baptism symbolizing the death of our self, our old self, and the resurrection to a new life. And Lord's Supper is also a vivid remembrance of Christ's suffering in the cross, the breaking of his body, and the shedding of his blood. So we delight in proclaiming this truth to both the members of the church, so as an encouragement of the hope that we have, our um, hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But also, we do it to the people that is visiting as a clear testimony of a life changed by the gospel. So when we sing, when we, when we do all of this, we do it for um, the glory of God. When we do the ordinance, all of these things are a way for us to bring the gospel to uh, people. And also, we teach others to teach others the good news of the gospel in their own context. He says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And one of the best ways that we have found to actually obey and, and, and teaching the commands of Jesus Christ in our context is by doing weekly Bible studies. In this context, we actually are living life together. We are sharing our joys and we're sharing our burdens. And we study in depth what it looks to live in obedience and to live in faith. Men can encourage other men to step up and lead. And women can encourage other women to love their husband and, ch and children as it is model. In Titus chapter 2, our goal is for each member to understand firmly what they believe in order to go out and share it. 
with someone else and do it in their own context. We sometimes tend to think that when, when we talk about missions, we say, yeah, it says nations, so I need to get a plane and go really far away to Africa or somewhere else, or even you might think to Costa Rica. And, and that, that is true, that, that can happen. But, but we are to bring the gospel to the nations, and it starts right where we are. It starts right where we are. So the goal is that they can share it with the people in their context. And the idea is disciples who make disciples that go and make disciples that make disciples and so on. That's the idea. And I'll tell you this. This is, this is hard work. Fulfilling the Great Commission requires commitment. And often it requires sacrifice. And and it requires a whole lot of prayer because we depend on Jesus for this work. Praise the Lord that he promised to be with us always to the end of the age. That is an amazing hope that we have and that we are seeing it. Semillas de Vida also stands up for the sole authority of the scriptures. Second Timothy 3.16.17 says, All scripture is bred out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And in verse 17, the first part says, That the man of God may be complete. In other versions, it might say perfect. And the idea is being lacking nothing. So there is nothing we need, sorry, there is nothing we need apart from the scriptures. The whole God-breath, rightly handled word of truth is completely sufficient for life and for godliness. And we would stand and defend that forever. But we have to always remember one thing that is very important. We have to have a faithful interpretation of the Bible. Some people will just use whatever verse to say whatever they have in their heart, to defend whatever they have in their hearts. But we need to know that the, the Word of God is sufficient for life and godliness, but we need and we must to interpret it correctly. And we also cannot lose sight of the most important Jesus is the focus. He is the most important in all scripture. All of the scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelations points out to Jesus and, 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 and make us go to him because he is the only way that we can have a relationship with God. As recently we reviewed, and maybe some of you, um, maybe here you guys remember that too, the celebration of the Protestant Reformation. We believe in the authority of a scripture alone, teaching salvation through Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, and to the glory of God alone. That is what we want to do. But in our context, the tendency of churches around us is to add to the scriptures. According to recent data, Costa Rica is 76.3% Catholic, although 45% are not practicing. And it is 14.4% um, 
evangelical or Protestant. At least they claim to be evangelicals or Protestants. 1.3% claims to be Jehovah Witnesses. And the last 8% claim to have no religion or maybe some other type of religions. But in one hand, if we talk to the, the, to the, the two big groups, in one hand we have the Catholics that adds to the scripture, adds to the authority of the scripture, the authority of the Pope or the authority of what they call the tradition. And then on the other hand, we have the evangelical churches, which by the way, established denominations like Presbyterians or Baptists are just not very common in the area where we live. It's, they're, they're just not. They're just all kinds of Pentecostal charismatic churches. Instead of that, the Pentecostals hold a blend of different doctrines. Many of them will highlight the necessity of new revelation and the manifestation of the miraculous. So one of the most common things we see is that they say, oh, come to church on Sunday because the prophet whatever name, will come this day, and he'll bring new revelation. And when they talk about new revelation, they're not talking about going to the Scripture and telling you what God is saying, but he's thinking about telling you something new that you need to hear for tomorrow. So they claim to be, to, to be prophets, or they claim to be apostles, and that is just a common thing. Many will bring into the picture the importance of legalistic norms as a way to obtain their salvation. And for many, the experience has become more important than what the Word of God is actually telling. But in both sides of the spectrum, we are dealing with extra doctrines or practices added to the Scripture, whether that is for salvation or even for just living a life of godliness. But our church is set apart declaring firmly that the word of God is our sole authority. And that brings me, brings me to one, um, am I going too far? Oh yeah, that's, that's correct, sorry. This, this passage is very dear for me because of the context where God has called me to serve. Jeremiah 23, 28. God says, let the prophet who has a dream, tell the dream. But let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord. This is a, a, a verse, this is a passage that it's said in a context where people are saying, I'm having a dream, God is telling me to tell you this, God, God is sending me to say this, I have this dream, I, I have this new revelation, and, and then God says, let those that have a dream go ahead and tell the dreams. But those that have my word speak my word faithfully. And then he compares them. He says, what has to do, well, what has a straw in common to wheat? There's nothing in common. So understanding that the word of God is the only way we can feed our souls and we can feed the souls of the others outside, bring us to realize that we need to be courageous in this work that he's called us to do. Sharing truth with someone who thinks very different than you is not going to be always easy. We must be passionate defenders of the truth. And we need to remember, we need to be patient 
Because sometimes, and this happened to me a lot before, I wanted it to make sure that this person gives me an opportunity so that I can share the gospel with them. And I'm like, as soon as I finish sharing the gospel, what I want to see is that person just, just going on their knees and going and saying, I'm accepting Jesus. I'm, I'm letting Jesus in my heart. And this is, this is the most, you know, I wanted it to see that. But I learned that I have to be patient. It is not my job. It is not, it is not something that I control. But actually, we need to trust that the Holy Spirit will work the truth that I am preaching in the hearts of people and will set them free from the lies of the false doctrines that they have been exposed their whole life. We also need to be obedient. We need to be faithful to transmit the one message that has been entrusted to us. And I want to say this. There is no hope for the lost apart from the word of God. There's just no hope for them. The devil will do whatever he can to stop you from sharing this gospel. He will do whatever he can possibly for stopping you to share or proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we are called to be brave. We're called to stand up and bring the message that is the only hope to the lost. They need to hear the gospel. They need to hear this glorious gospel because this is the only way, this is the only opportunity that they would have in order to be able to call to the name of the Lord and receive salvation. Romans 10, verses 14 and 15 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim the good news. Those good news of the gospel. You understand, and I want to close my time with you here today by leaving you with a challenge. And the first thing that I want to say is, let's be sure to understand our calling. We are called to act. We're not called as Christians to just be passive and that's it. No. I have a question. Are you coming to church to just receive? Or are you coming because you are committing committed to actually spreading this message to teach to others the good news of the gospel. And I say, let's follow in Jesus' footsteps to bring this glorious gospel to the lost. And we need to make sure we are intentional to find opportunities to share this gospel to people. Your voice, being faithful and obedient to Jesus, may be their one and only hope for eternity. Your voice, being faithful to Jesus, may be their one and only hope for eternity. Did you understand 
that this is really urgent. We need to bring the gospel. Please join me in prayer this morning. Father, we want to thank you because you've loved us, Lord. You loved us when we were your enemies. We've never deserved it. You allowed the gospel to come in front of us in various, many different ways. That we can call on the name of your son Jesus and receive salvation through his work in the cross for us. And we thank you for that, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that now we are brave to go and bring this glorious gospel to people. To the nations, starting right on our context, Lord. That the name of your son Jesus will be known. That the name of your son Jesus will be famous because we are intentional going out to bring this gospel, Lord. We need your help. But you've promised to be with us even to the end of the age. And we thank you for that. We pray all of these in Jesus' name. And for his glory. Amen.